Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Anyway, Danish man Thor Peterson has just completed a mammoth trip visiting every country in the world. It took him a decade, in part because he avoided travelling by air. Thor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. How are you today? Not too bad. So, where did you start, Thor, and when? Do, where did you finish? I started in Denmark and I finished in Denmark. Okay, right. Okay, so uh, so you were counting Denmark by just because you live there. So, uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denmark was country number one. And yeah, Germany was number two, and I split the UK. So England was number seven, and then Wales eight, and Ireland nine. And I, in this part of the world, in, by which I mean Europe, I suppose, there are, you know, there are plenty of ferries where you can get around and trains. Um, that, I, for some of the rem- more remote parts of the world, how, how do you kind of arrange that travel? Yeah, with great difficulty, <laughs> for sure. Uh, throughout this project, I have been on 40 container ships in a world that really doesn't want passengers on board container ships. So that yeah. goes from the companies that have the ships all the way to immigration and customs. So I'd say with great, great difficulty. And so, so did, did you have to kind of essentially go up to passenger ships and, or to container ships and say, will you take me on board? Or how did you go about charming them into taking you? <laughs> with the container ships, you go through the company and uh, you have to be ready to hear a lot of no, 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 all throughout that process. But uh, eventually you might get a yes, and then they will start working on it and help you through it. Mm. You can go to marinas and talk to uh, those who own sailboats and those who own uh, motorboats, fishing boats. You can maybe get at the port. A lot of uh, international ports are secured, so you can't walk inside the port. So, yeah, different ways to go about different things. I had a VHF radio at one point, and I was just trying to call anyone who was willing to help me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, given that you couldn't plan exactly when you'd be at any particular country, were there also challenges about getting visas into certain countries? There was. There there certainly was. Uh, At one point, I got uh, the very, very difficult uh, visa for Pakistan. That is uh, difficult for uh, for Danish people, uh, especially if you're not applying from Denmark. And uh, I figured that I would be able to get a visa for China while I was in Mongolia. And then I would cross China and go into Pakistan. But the Chinese decided not to give me that visa on that day. And suddenly I had to backtrack some 14,000 kilometers through seven countries I've already been to and made it inside Pakistan three days before the visa expired. Oh, my Lord. North Korea, how did you get in there? Yeah, funny thing, North Korea is, far from one of the hardest countries in the world. It depends a little bit on where you come from, but if you're from a nice, friendly country like Ireland or from Denmark, then you can just uh, contact an agency and then they will do all the paperwork for you and then they'll arrange for guides and then you head in. So I was in Beijing and then I rode a train to Dandong, which is at the border with North Korea, and then I I switched to a North Korean train and rode that one into Pyongyang. Okay, and was there anyone keeping an eye on you when you were there? Yeah, so it's a good question if they're actually keeping an eye on you or if they're just there to help you and guide you. Because <laughs> uh, in, in a sense, it, it, it's a very different culture. It's not so different from Chinese culture or Japanese culture, but it's very, very different from our culture. And, and there might be a few things that we would think of doing in a country like North Korea, uh, which would be very offensive to 
to Koreans. Mm. So there's someone there to sort of help you. And then if you do get in trouble, then get you out of trouble before it, it goes too far. And uh, yeah, but it is a very different country. At, at, at the same time, they have mountains, they have uh, beaches and waterfalls, and rivers, and people fall in love and get married and mm. they, they enjoy good food and they don't like rain. All that stuff, just like normal people. Yes, of course. And and when you say you visited every country in the world, there are some parts of the world that, you know, for instance, uh, uh, Palestine, that's not technically a country. Did you you include that? (laughs) I dare you to go to Palestine and tell them that they're not technically (laughs) a country. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I do know what you mean. So uh, because... The idea was to leave home and not come back until I'd been to every country and then do it all without flying, with a minimum of 24 hours in each country. Uh, You don't want to go with a low number. You want to be quite inclusive because, for heaven's sake, if you come back home and someone says, well, you forgot about this, you forgot about that, you can't just go out and do it again. (laughs) So the United Nations will give you 193. And they will give you two observer states as well, which is actually Palestine and then also the Vatican. So UN will give you 195. My list was 203. And I did that by including uh, Kosovo, for instance, and splitting the UK and splitting the Danish uh, kingdom as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's a a very sensible way of going about doing it. Now, as I understand it, you thought it would take you three and a half years, but obviously COVID happened in the middle of that and that delayed you. Uh, for a couple of years. But I, I, as I also understand, your partner was in Denmark kind of waiting for you to come back. Um, you yeah. know, w- was it a bit frustrating for them? Uh, well, I, I guess a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, my parents are proud. My family's proud. My wife is very, very proud of me. And uh, they saw that this was an ambition that I had. And, uh, I, I set myself a goal and I wanted to hit the target. So there's been a lot of support. At the same time, they were worried when I went to certain countries like uh, Yemen or Syria or uh, North Korea even. And uh, they were really looking forward for me to come back home. Mm. My wife has been out to visit me 27 times across the world. Wow. And you say that we have averaged, uh, let's say, two-week visit <laughs> at 27 times. That's more than a year we spent together out of this. Okay, that's not, that's not so bad. And you, you, you got married within the last 10 years. Where, where did you get married? <laughs> You're not going to believe it. So we got engaged on top of Mount Kenya, and then the pandemic happened, and I was in Hong Kong, and she was in Denmark, and she couldn't come to Hong Kong. And we were tipped off that you can get married online. And no. that we had to do, we had to be married to get her inside Hong Kong. So she got married on December 19, and I got married the day after, December 20, <laughs> because of the time difference. That's and, brilliant. Uh, we tried to push this paperwork in Denmark and say, look, we're married, but they were just laughing at us, saying, you're not married, you can't get married online. So we got married once again when she came to see me in Vanuatu, a small, beautiful Pacific oh, Island yeah. nation. And uh, we're still waiting for that paperwork to go through in Manuacho. <laughs> so we know we're married in Utah, where the agency is for the online wedding, and we're married in Hong Kong, and we're married in Vanuatu. Right. That's that's all you need, I, I would have thought. Thor, yeah, yeah. Uh, c- congratulations uh, on all that, and thanks for talking to us today. That was uh, Thor Peterson there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.